Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, good morning folks. Um, maybe this is your first time in church in a long time, or maybe it's your first time uh, ever popping along. But, but here at Cosby Coast Vineyard, over the past number of weeks, we've been looking at this series, Closing the Space Between Us. We've been talking about how uh, after the last 18 months that we've been journeying as a community, how can we be the, the church? How can we be a family of people that help close the gaps that can exist in our society? How can we be a family of connection? I know some of you here today, you've been following Jesus for years. Uh, maybe some of you, you still are on a journey of exploring Jesus, and we just want to welcome you, whatever uh, your journey has been. And this morning, we really do have a privilege, uh, the privilege, sorry, of, of hearing from Mustaba. Mustaba and I have been close friends now for three hours, and um, <laughs> it was good. It was one hour at the 9.30. We've grown closer in the last two hours. Um, and really, when we, we had the opportunity, just uh, when Chris contacted us and just told us about Mushtaba's story, just told us about how his passion for Jesus uh, and how he told that story, we just knew that was something that we needed to hear as a community. So what we just love to do, we have a tradition at Cosmic Coast Vineyard, one that we haven't got to use for like a couple of years because we haven't been allowed to invite friends um, around, uh, where we just honor people before they come to speak. So could I invite you to stand on your feet and welcome Mushtaba. Amazing. No wonder that uh, I'm so excited to be here and share with you. It's a great honor and privilege. Uh, so I have a confession. I didn't know anything about CCV uh, because I'm new in England. Now I know and I will always remember. And uh, I mentioned it to my friends. I'm going to CCV, this uh, Causeway, Cause, uh, Vineyard Church. And it was, wow, yeah, it's a great church. Everyone had... A very very positive reaction Aww. and I said whoa everyone had a uh, great um, uh, reaction and uh, that everyone says that you're doing great things bigger stuff and praise the Lord for that oh you God can stay you, you can yes. come again yes. anytime yes. I mean after like this <laughs> I don't want to leave yeah. well that's okay we'll keep you that's fine um, <laughs> so uh, I, I did some research before Mushtaba came because so, um, so today Mushtaba is living in the UK. He's been married to his wife Hannah um, for three and a half years and, and that's where he's based. Yes, welcome Hannah. Um, but you grew up in Iran. Yes. Um, Iran is a country of, uh, as of Google this morning, 85 million people. Yeah. Of those 85 million people, not 0.4% according to the online records are Christians. Yeah, yeah. The rest is Muslim. So tell me how a boy growing up in a country that big with that um, few Christians finds Jesus. How did that happen? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I grew up as a nominal Muslim uh, uh, with a nominal Muslim background, and there was uh, like in the school they taught us about uh, Islam, and in, in uh, society you see everything is Islamic. Uh, there is not that much signs of other religions, and uh, you can see some old buildings, like church buildings, or um, uh, like, what's the word for uh, Jewish people have synagogue? Synagogues. Synagogue, they have, uh, uh, you've seen it, uh, but you don't have that much information about it. And I didn't have any, anything, any information about uh, Christianity or Jesus. Uh, I knew, according to Islam, he's a prophet who uh, just who was a good guy and never died on the cross. Uh, it was kind of a, um, uh, it was a lie that Christian says that he's, <laughs> he died on the cross, the center of our faith. And, but anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about it uh, since uh, I was nearly 18, uh, like two years ago. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it was nearly 16 years ago. 
I think, yeah. Uh, more? Oh, 17? I'm, I'm 33. I didn't want to mention that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I heard it from my brother, who at that time was struggling a lot with life. He was uh, dealing with uh, some uh, deep depressions and also taking some drugs. And it was for a few years, he was like that. And uh, the, the way that he was treating me and my family in the house, I'm one of six, uh, it made life for us very difficult. And also my dad went bankrupt, that uh, it caused lots of uh, like financial issues in our house. And it was just, everything was, it was a chaos in our house. And I was nearly 12. Uh, uh, at that time, and uh, during whole years till 18, <clears throat> uh, there was no peace uh, at all in uh, our house. And it caused me, especially the, towards my brother, I became really uh, kind of bitter. I, I had uh, so much anger and hatred in my heart. I, that made me really negative towards life and everything. And it just made it big burden on my shoulder to carry. Mm. And at one point, make me really hopeless and meaningless, as it, it happened to many uh, young people in Iran. You know, after the revolution, Islamic revolution in 1979, the economy uh, uh, went down badly, and young people don't have enough fun and opportunity to grow and develop uh, themselves. And there is a sense of disappointment among young people, especially a lot. Yeah. We don't have that much fun uh, uh, because of the dictatorship style. I mean, not only young people, every uh, kind of group that they have opposite or different ideas from the government, which is Islamic, is banned and is they're not allowed to practice their faith. Christians are a part of that. I didn't know that at that time. But uh, anyway, yeah, in, in that sense, one night, I uh, remember I was feeling really down and broken. I really didn't, couldn't cope with life anymore. And I was in my bed, and for the first time in my life, I spoke to God, like directly and in an honest way and uh, with a broken heart. Because in Islam, you just recite some Arabic words and prayers. It's not from your really heart, you know, your, your personal heart. And I just said, God, I don't know what you are or who you are. I presume you are the creator of heaven and earth. At this time, I don't care about your religions, which one is right, which one is right. I don't care about your prophets, holy people, anything else. I just need you to save me from this situation. I can't cope anymore. And I remember after a few days uh, that something had happened to my brother. He, uh, for a few days, I found him a completely different person. Uh, when he was at home, he was really calm, treating me and my family very well, had a smile on his face, and I was really uh, kind of shocked mm. and confused. What, what, what had happened to him, you know? It's, it's very strange, but it's very nice. <laughs> it's, we have peace. Uh, for, uh, and after many years, experience, experiencing that was really uh, nice and sweet. And I, one day I saw a book in his hand. In Farsi, my language, it was written on it. The, the good news of Jesus Christ, or the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I became really curious when I saw the Jesus Christ, and, uh, and good news, especially the, the word good news. And he, he had some uh, videos uh, he was watching, like one of them was a, a movie of Jesus Christ, uh, of Jesus Christ's life, and also there was a video, two pastors talking about Christianity, uh, and uh, one day, unexpectedly, I asked him, uh, can I watch one of those videos? And, uh, and he said, yeah, which one do you want? And I said, maybe that two men talking about 
Christianity. And I'm saying unexpectedly because I wasn't really a fan of God and religion at all. I was really negative towards God, towards everything. I, I, God was one of the reasons of my troubles. <laughs> and uh, I mean, later it happened, some troubles yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he made for me, yeah. but in a great way, in a, in a good way. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I watched it. And whatever the pastor said, just absolutely for me. Uh, he talked about how God loves us. Uh, if we are in this kind of desperate situation, it's, it's just because of the sin in our life and the, the distance we have between us and God. If we never become satisfied with whatever we have and whatever we do, it's just because that place in our heart is empty for God. God should come and place there and, uh, and he, he, yeah, they said lots of good stuff about new birth, new life that God is able to give us, forgiveness through sacrifice of Jesus, and uh, the power of Jesus that can release us from addiction, and, and everything they said, I say, it is for me, I want this. And especially the word salvation mm. really become highlighted for me because I was praying about, uh, like, God, save me. And I just, I just had a great sense of peace in my heart about it. And the pastor made an invitation and he said, if you want to accept this, you can pray with me. Wow. And I just whispered the prayer with the pastor. And right after the prayer, I just felt so peaceful and even physically touched me. I, I uh, hardly could move, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember that after... Uh, I, 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 this one was really uh, uh, kind of experiencing that, that uh, I was feeling like I'm, I'm the last child going back home. Hmm. It's very familiar yeah. to me. It's like I'm going back home, but at the same time, it was really strange for yeah. me, you know? Uh, but anyway, yeah, after uh, two weeks, I uh, found myself a completely different person. Wow. I, I couldn't smoke anymore. I couldn't watch bad stuff anymore. My bad habits just gone. I couldn't swear anymore. Uh, I, I couldn't be with my friends, the friends who were just gathered together every night doing nothing. I couldn't hate my brother anymore. That forgiveness of God was f uh, f uh, in, in my heart. And then after a while, my brother, I, my brother didn't know that I prayed with the pastor. And after a while, he realized, uh, I shared with him, and uh, he realized I, I did this. And at that point, he said, did you know that he, he became really happy, hugged me. And he said, did you know that you're a Christian now? And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> you he didn't said, even know. Yeah, he said, these changes you're talking about, it, it, they call it new birth by Holy Spirit. I said, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so I, I realized I'm a Christian. And we were, me and my brother started to pray with each other, singing worship songs. He had some friends who shared the gospel with him, gave the Bible to, we, uh, to him. We just meeting uh, that guy and um, uh, yeah, it, it was amazing seeing this picture, that conflict uh, yeah. uh, changed to prayer together, sitting together. And it, this is the power of God and it's so good. the result of what Jesus uh, has done on cross. It's just powerful. I, I, I know if you're here today and you're just hearing him share just this part of his story, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. At the end of our service today, we are going to give you that chance to experience the same peace that Mushtaba talks about. And so we, we want to give you that opportunity. Now, I, I, also, your, your father came to faith, is that right? And your sister. Um, and one of the things, and we, I want to fast forward to, to, to a significant part of your story, because normally uh, in, in Northern Ireland or here in the UK, if we maybe make a decision for Jesus, we try and find the closest maybe church or community of, of believers. But, but for Mushtaba, that just wasn't an option. The only church that uh, that he knew about, he tried to knock the door and they were told we're not allowed to let you in. The government says no. So you had to start connecting with other Christians. And, but can you tell me about the, you know, so you would meet together, you would pray together, but one morning there was a knock at your door and yeah. that was a big change in your life. So yeah, after one year that we had this kind of regular meetings together, uh, yeah, one morning I was at home 
preparing their breakfast, and there was a knock at the door. And I was really surprised. Uh, it's very early, uh, like 9 o'clock. <laughs> Is that but early? That, no, no. <laughs> it was 7.30. Is that early for Northern uh, okay. Irish people? Yeah, 7.30 is okay. That's yeah, fine. good. Yeah. Especially in my city, they really uh, relax people. They, they had this reputation. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I went and opened the door, and uh, there was like a couple of officers standing there. Uh, I realized that with the handcuffs they had and gone on the wrist. And um, uh, yeah, the, the guy had a paper in his hand. He says, this is from court. We have to research your house. And they pushed me in the house and uh, came into into house. And, and my, my family were sleeping. And it was really shocking for them. And they were absolutely terrified. I myself was terrified. What's happening? And uh, they started to research everything. Uh, and they collected anything with the sign of Christianity, like cross or Jesus picture and books. And uh, we had lots of like uh, video discs, uh, of, um, like there was that video I watched yes. uh, called God is Love. And we, we were copying it and give it to other people as well. And like some bushels and all the stuff and even some uh, personal stuff they collected and uh, then they put handcuffs on me and my dad and my uh, sister and brother. And uh, they put us in separate cars and blindfold me and sent me, I mean, took me to um, a place. And then I realized it's an uh, intelligence service jail. And they uh, kept me there for 22 days in solitary confinement. There was a small room, two meters at six. And there was nothing in the room, uh, just a pillow and blanket and the toilet at the uh, end of the room. And during that time, they were interrogating me. And, they, and then I realized there are other, my other members of the house groups that we had, they were there. And uh, yeah, they were just questioning us about uh, our faith and uh, Christian faith and uh, our uh, activities. Um, yeah. So, and then at the end of those 21 days, so you were you were given a court hearing and you were put on a suspended sentence yeah. and told not to practice Christianity again. Um, so tell us, what did, what did you do once you were released um, from that and, and went home again? Did you obey them or, or what did you do? Did you meet with those Christians again? Tell us, tell yeah. us what you did next. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we, we uh, so during the court, we would see each other because we, we had the court, uh, it was three of us uh, that uh, had to go to court, and so our families would come. Uh, actually, one of the places that became uh, the, the kind of time of worship for us was literally behind the door at the court. We, were wooden, uh, we would uh, hold hands and uh, singing songs together and just proclaiming the God's power yeah. uh, and God's authority over the court session, and, uh, and being together, standing together, was really, really powerful for us, you know? I mean, I always uh, said to my friends and say in my, some of my talks that I couldn't make it one second without them, you know? Because, uh, I mean, from the beginning, we really bonded. Uh, all of us were like new believers and really bonded, and we just felt that like we are family, and um, we need each other, and we have this love of God among each other, and we just... I myself experienced something I never experienced that before with them, the intimacy and the love, you know? It was like I, I know them for years. And uh, just sharing that faith together was uh, really uh, kind of powerful. Uh, so we couldn't really stop seeing each other, you know? <laughs> if, if, you, if you have this opportunity or have a way to see your family, uh, don't you... Uh, do that, you know, you, you want to see them. And yeah. for us, really, truly, deeply, uh, was like a family. And I, I think, I mean, for me, it, it is very important. We, I don't think we have this such thing as a personal or private f Christian faith, you know, that I go to church, sitting on the same church that every week I sit and just worship my God and go home. You know, I, I don't see this in the Bible. Uh, we, we, I mean, personally, I believe in Jesus, 
But my faith really is a collective faith. It's, it's a faith that I founded with community. It's a body. Yeah. Uh, I'm a part of this body. I'm a, a, a member of this heavenly family. And God gave us, each one of us, different uh, gifts uh, and abilities to make this perfect. It doesn't matter how small we are or how weak we are or how we see uh, ourselves uh, not worthy, but it is the way that it is, you know? And I myself uh, couldn't really keep my faith, personal faith, without their faith. So we continued. Uh, we continued seeing each other in public places in very, uh, like, security way and uh, small groups. Uh, but after the court process finished, uh, through uh, friends and relatives, many people found out about us because, you know, when we became arrested, uh, many people that didn't didn't know that we are Christian, they realized, especially my many, most of my relatives, you know, they realized, oh, I'm I'm a Christian now, yeah. you know, and uh, so we saw lots of stories, uh, the way that people came to Christ, or they they were new believers, and they just wanted to be with us, so we couldn't really see each other in public places anymore. We had to gather in our houses, so we. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I love this story. So, Continued. Because you had, yeah, as you say, you had groups of people in different houses because you couldn't just gather in a room like this yeah. all together. It would be much too public and people would yeah. see it. Um, and I also know you couldn't really use like lots of technology yeah. or different ways to communicate because the government could would yeah. intercept that. Um, and so, I mean, we, we've all struggled over the last 18 months just getting to grips with YouTube and WhatsApp and different ways to connect. So how, how did you guys, how were you able to, to have a church of around, I think it was around 150 people-ish or more that you had? How did you communicate and how did you meet and what did that, what did that process look like? Uh, it was really challenging and difficult, but at the same time enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, why? <laughs> uh, we we kind of was um, uh, lost our mind <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, to uh, be like that. But really, uh, it that love was drawing us to each other yeah. and led us to accept these challenges. Uh, so, I mean, first of all, the power of Holy Spirit, really. The way that the Holy Spirit was leading things was so obvious and strong. And one of the things in persecuted church that I'm proud that I was a part of, as you could hear Holy Spirit and see the way that Holy Spirit is working. Uh, even some people, the way that people joined us, uh, it was just uh, Holy Spirit guidance. And sometimes, like we wanted to make a decision, suddenly all of us had this feeling that we shouldn't do that. Mm. And we stopped doing it and we, we would see that if we had done like those of activities, something bad would happen to us. Yeah. But anyway, you know, for example, we, we would gather uh, on Monday uh, evening and just telling each other that let's meet next, for example, Tuesday. And we had to change the days constantly because it was safe. And just say, for example, at seven o'clock, we see each other. But sometimes something might, um, might have happened and we couldn't have the meeting. Uh, we had to cancel it, and we, I, we never used our phone uh, because it wasn't safe at all. It was tapped all the time. So I had a motorbike. I had to, like, uh, drive to people's house. I say, don't come to that meeting. Wow. <laughs> or it's changed to, like, Friday. But, yeah. That's going to be our new communication. <laughs> Technique: If there's ever a new meeting, I'm going to drive on a motorbike to your yeah. house and let you know what time we meet. Yeah, <laughs> that's but incredible. But it, it shows the genuineness and what God uh, is given to us is real, and we we not just have an idea about God or uh, Christianity is not another religion for us. It was a life. It was a lifestyle for us. It was a I, I don't know how to describe it. It was everything to us, you know. We found, I found ourselves, uh, I found myself in it, and we found ourselves in it, that this is where we meant to be. And uh, it's a kind of, uh, whatever we, all of us uh, experienced was a foretaste of heaven that uh, God uh, 
uh, has has for us. Yeah. Yes, and then it was uh, you were gathering then one evening, and there was another knock at the door. Do you want to tell us yeah. what happened then and what that meant for you after that? Yeah. So as uh, we weren't really listening to the authorities, uh, I remember like uh, always I remember the story of John and Peter after the council came back. They were at the council, the, like Pharisees, yeah. and they said, you have to stop this. And they said, how we can stop this? Is it, uh, I, I don't know how to say it in English. It says, uh, should we obey men rather than, rather than God. God? Yeah, yeah, is that right? It's close. Oh, you're testing yeah. <laughs> my Bible knowledge now. Uh, that they say we, God's rule is, and law is above yeah, yeah. men's. And uh, for us was really standing in uh, front of authorities and not listening to the uh, people who are at power. So we continued and yeah, um, um, as we expected that um, uh, one night that we were like in our meeting doing a voice, we were worshiping actually. Uh, there was a knock at the door, we opened the door and again there was like 30 officers raiding to the house in such aggressive way, uh, shouting and yeah, again they separated like women and men and children uh, came out from the, another room, they were crying, and they didn't let the children go to their moms. And like the, the men who, like their wives was like the other side, they were really worried about them, was, what will happen to them. And then they uh, again put handcuffs on me and other leaders, and uh, they took us to uh, intelligence service jail, and they kept me in solitary confinement again for over a month. And um, uh, again, the same interrogations and threats. And, um, and then after that time, they sent us without any court sessions and stuff, they sent us to the public prison of the city, which was a big city, a big uh, prison with like nearly 8,000 prisoners in it. And uh, that, they, it was really dark and horrible place as well, very violent place. And um, yeah, and they kept me there for three years. And you weren't aware at that time how long you were going to be there. So that was for you, you, you just didn't know how long that was going to be. So for your, for your faith at that point, what, how did you... How did you feel? I mean, we, we've experienced a lockdown that's nothing like what you experienced. But I know for some people, it, it really rocked their faith. And, and if, if God is real, then why, why are we not able to do what we want to do? But surely when you were in the middle of that situation, you must, did, did your faith weaken? Did it get stronger? Tell me how that, how that happened, what happened? Yeah. Uh... Um, it was uh, a journey uh, for me that I, uh, God kind of uh, showed himself in different ways and showed myself. I learned lots of things about myself. I learned lots of things about God. And, uh, but it was a contrast of faith and fear all the time and weakness and strength and sometimes uh, you know the main thing was as I was going forward I was becoming disappointed in myself more and more and become put my trust more in God you know wow. uh, basically one of the biggest things that really uh, I grew, uh, grew in was my identity in Christ and the way that I need to rely on his grace. Uh, for example, when I was in solitary confinement, it was such a small room, two meters and six, and I could, I could do nothing. And uh, I didn't know anything about my family. There wasn't a phone call, and I didn't know 
what they're going to do. Uh, every moment I thought they called me and they were going for some torture stuff, you know. And it was just constantly being in that uh, state of uncertainty and uh, really helpless, you know. And uh, I had to rely on God's power uh, 100%. I mean, I didn't have any choice. Yeah. The only weapon I had was my lips. I would just pray that, God, there is no closed door for you. All the doors are open for you. Wow. And your hand is in hand, uh, at work. Your hand can reach the letters uh, that these people want to sign against me. Uh, the heart of uh, rulers is your hand. Your eyes can see. You can protect my family. I just rely on you 100%. I had to put my trust on him, you know? So it kind of makes me uh, courageous that it's not about my effort. It's about him. And he was working in amazing ways. Or... Uh, uh, could, you, could you share the story of, so when you moved to public prison, you had a chance to, uh, you had someone come and argue with you about your Christianity, and could you share that story? Oh, yeah. Your, that, that so, guy? it was one of other examples uh, that uh, uh, that it wasn't really about me, I, it was about his power, and it's, uh, I didn't need to rely on my own yeah. strength. So this guy came to uh, me and my friends when he uh, heard that we are Christians. And he was really kind of, I don't know, interested or he just wanted to fight with our faith and make arguments about uh, Islam and Christianity, uh, about Muhammad and Jesus. Uh, his name was Muhammad as well. And he was just keep when we shared like our faith and testimonies, he had just a strong reactions that uh, no, Muhammad is better, Islam is perfect religion, everyone should join Islam. And at that time, I was re really new in the prison. Uh, I just came from certain confinement, being in new place, really confused, uh, uh, really uh, feeling down and uh, scared at one point. And, and I was struggling. I had a mixture of feelings in, in my heart, and I really didn't have this, this desire to talk about Jesus to this man. And I was just praying, God, please uh, let me uh, uh, get rid of this man, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, and I, I just wanted to finish the argument. And I said, look, I don't know why you're fighting with us. If you have any problem, it's your problem with Jesus himself. It's not my problem. You can go and talk to him uh, personally. And he said, what do you mean? He thought I, I'm making fun of him, you know? And I said, believe me, I, 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 I believe, and the Bible says Jesus is alive. I talked to him, and he answered me and changed my life. You can go and talk to himself. Tonight, when you want to go to sleep, just pray, Jesus, if you are alive, just reveal yourself to me. Just show me who you are, uh, as Moshtaba says, you know? And uh, he went, he went on that day, and the next day, uh, he came back, and as, as he was coming, I said, oh gosh, this guy again is coming. And, uh, but this time, he was a different person, he was really soft, didn't want to make any argument, and he said, I need to share something with you, and you need to help me. And uh, I said, what happened? He said, last night I prayed the way that you said. And I slept like a baby after a long, long time that I couldn't really sleep. He was struggling uh, to, uh, to sleep because his sentence was execution. He was a head of a gang and he had lots of cases and stuff. He was uh, sentenced to execution. And every night we, he would sleep with this fear of death, you know? And uh, he said, I slept like a baby, and I just had a peaceful sleep. And when I woke up, I, that, that peace was with me, and I felt really light. And, but this name of Jesus was just pounding in my mind, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I don't know what to do, and it's just like something is moving in me. I had a, uh, like a nice feeling in me. And I said, I understand this feeling. I experienced that. And as my brother said, <laughs> they call it new birth, you know? Yeah. 
And uh, that's, that's the Holy Spirit, presence of Holy Spirit. And I said, would you like to pray with me? You can accept this. There, there is more of this. And it's like God is touching you. And he said, yes, I want this. Wow. And uh, he said, I never had any feeling like that before. So we prayed together. He, he gave his heart to Jesus. And uh, for like four months, we were together. And the way that he was understanding the Bible and the way that he was praying, it was just amazing. And one day he gave me this testimony that I, I don't have any fear of death anymore. I, I'm, I feel I'm so loved by this God that I, um, uh, especially when I told him the story of the, uh, the, the son, uh, and the, the son who the came back. The prodigal son? Yeah. yeah. He, he literally cried and said, that's me. And uh, he said, I, 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 I believe that I will be with Jesus. And uh, he was calling his family, talking about Jesus a lot. And uh, anyway, yeah, after uh, one year that I didn't have any news from him, I heard that he was executed. And uh, that moment was so special for me that uh, God placed me in prison to be next to this person at the end of his life, you know? It's just incredible, Mr. Bat. That experienced the salvation of Jesus. It's just incredible. And I guess the, the, the last question, the last thing I would probably love you to, to share with us is, I know you, after coming out of prison, you, you went to Turkey, and, um, and I think that's where you met Hannah, is that yeah, correct? Yeah. And, um, and you've been in the UK now for a number of years. I, I guess what I'd love to ask you, when I hear your story, or uh, I think about how privileged we are that we get to meet like this, we can do this as many times as we want and as many days that we want, and, um, but yet sometimes uh, as believers, we keep a space between us. We, we actually just think, I can do this on my own, and especially coming out of uh, COVID-19 and you know, some, I, I just know for some of us, we just, oh, it's just more comfortable at home. I can, I can just worship Jesus my way. <laughs> I guess all I would ask is, what would be your advice to us? How, how should we, those of us who are following Jesus, how should we be living this faith in a way that can reach communities and, and change cities? Mm. What would be your advice? Um, I think... Uh, it's good always to be honest to God and share our feeling with him, pray for that, and ask him uh, in a humble heart that, God, you lead me. I don't have this desire. I don't have this strength. I want you to give me. Because me, myself, all in my whole journey, as I said, this guy, Muhammad's life changed, but I didn't have this desire you know, to talk to Jesus, about Jesus to him. But it was God's grace helping me and taught me to really, um, despite my, uh, like, the desires in my heart and my weaknesses and whatever I'm going through, his grace still can work through me. And I want to say we, can, we should rely on his grace, you know, and because we don't know by our presence in a place, uh, we don't know what change we, we can make in someone's life. Maybe one sentence you say to someone, maybe you just give a glass of water to someone. We are a part of that. You know, we all together make something. And so we should just rely on God's grace and not see only our private lives. As I say, it's a collective faith. We need to be there. You know, even if nothing is happening, yeah. we need to be there. We, we should be present, uh, present in, in, in with the family of God. When we gather together, people hear the crowd and they become interested. They say, why, why are they gathering? What, what is that? You know what I mean? Uh, like the story of the blind man alongside the road. He heard the crowd around Jesus. And so what's happening? And people says that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he stood up and shouted, Jesus of uh, Nazareth, the son of David. 
uh, heal me, you know, and Jesus healed him. And, but first he heard from the crowd around Jesus. And we are the crowd. We are here gathering together, make, a, make noise for Jesus. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, absolutely. <laughs> and then I really uh, l listened to stories of brothers and sisters like me. There are hundreds of stories that uh, they are going through lots of stuff. They, they are ready to leave their family. They are ready to leave their country. They are, they are ready to leave their comfortable places, you know? I mean, for some people, even it's difficult to not sleep on, on their own bed, not, have, uh, not to have their own uh, pillow. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I, I really like my pillow. <laughs> uh, Hannah knows the height of my pillow. If changed, I really... Nag, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this pillow is not good. I can't sleep. But I mean, going to prison <laughs> every uh, kind of week or every uh, after a while, I, I had to change my place. They would change our place. Uh, we didn't have like a uh, um, certain place, uh, and I had to change my pillows. And each time, I was really. <laughs> Uh, kind of sad, I'm leaving the pillow, goodbye. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, they're ready to leave because they focus on something better and they tasted something better. Uh, they, they focus on the eternal life and the eternal uh, gifts and amazing uh, life that we, we really, living with Jesus himself, uh, uh, listening to their, their stories and be encouraged by that. I mean, even me sitting here, I don't think it's by accident. Do you think it's by accident? Mm -mm. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's by accident. And uh, God, it, it, I meant to be here. We meant to be here, listening to each other, be encouraged that we are family of God and we need to, you know, as we gather together, uh, we make it like a throne that Jesus come and sit on it and reign and do his will from each one of us. Even if we are silent, it doesn't matter. There is something in it. We make a carriage. Is that carriage that carries things? Yeah? Carriage? carriage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrying things yes, with yes, it? Yes, yeah? a carriage. Yes. Uh, that we carrying God's kingdom with us. You know, uh, with such a small act of generosity or anything else, God shine his light. I mean, uh, let me share this about Muhammad. When, uh, he, when I heard that he, he's dead now, uh, God gave me this message that, did you see through your weakness that, that day that you didn't have any desire to share the gospel? with him, his life changed. You just say, go and pray with Jesus. I didn't really explain that much. And God gave me this message that the smallest and weakest light in you have this power to change and to uh, break greatest darkness, uh, which was this man's salvation. And sometimes we think, oh, I'm weak, oh, my faith, oh, look at my story. I've got such a simple story. I'm not like uh, uh, Neil, amazing. <laughs> I'm not like that, that person, or I don't have that much to give. I'm not like that, I'm not. You are the best person for God. God says, oh, that, that is a good case for me. Uh, I don't, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it doesn't matter, it's, it's God's, power is God's grace because he is the center of everything. He is the hero of our, all our stories. He, he's the value. I want to say freedom or persecution, being um, uh, like free or being in prison, being weak or being strong, being fruitful or being little, a few fruits, it doesn't matter. The value is Jesus himself not so everything else. So 
yeah, get, receive encouragement from this family of yeah. God that they are ready to gather together because they understood that there is something in it. Yeah. And we know that we, and it's a privilege to be a part of family of God. I yes. experienced that. Uh, it's an amazing place to be. It's amazing. Yeah. We're going to pray for you. We want Mustafa to pray um, for us. I, normally we would stand, but I, would you stay seated? I, partly because I don't think I can get up, but I'm going to stand up. So if we, we're going to stand and pray for you guys, but I just sense the presence of God. Um, it's been here the whole morning that we've been here, but just as Mustafa shared those words, um, I just feel such a weight just in the room. So Holy Spirit, we, we just welcome you. Yes, Lord. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're with us. Yeah, if this is just new to you, all, all we're doing is just doing what Mishtaba talked about at the start. He's just talking to Jesus directly. We just want to talk to him. And I guess the first thing we, we do want to do is we want to give you an opportunity. If you have come here today and, and you don't know Jesus, you don't know uh, that that new birth, this idea of, of meeting with this Prince of Peace, Jesus. Yes. And if today you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, we would love to pray for you. So everyone's going to have their eyes closed and their head bowed apart from me and Mushtaba. But if you want to respond, I, I would love just to invite you, would you just raise your hand just high enough so we can see it, just so we can pray for you. To, uh, part of that's just giving a public acknowledgement today to Jesus, and you're saying, I want that relationship with you. So if you could just do that, we'll give you a few seconds to do that so we can pray for you. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that wants to make that decision? Already uh, this week, we've seen a number of people in different places make a decision for Jesus. And, and any of you guys online, please feel free to put that in the comments if, if you want to give your yes to Jesus today. Uh, Mishtabu, would you pray for, for this person who just responded yes. to Jesus? I'd yes. love you to pray for Amazing. him. Amazing. It's a great privilege. Yes, Father God, we pray together that you are a good God. Thank you so much for your love towards us. Thank you so much for your love that showed us through Jesus, Jesus' life and sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from death. Thank you so much, Father, that you forgave me. Thank you so much that you accept me. Thank you so much that you have this power to set me free. Thank you so much that you are the true joy and true, uh, true peace that I need. I, I want you to be present in my heart right now. Give me a Holy Spirit. <laughs> Give me new life. A true joy and peace and let me to be with you and be your with your family of uh, God yeah. I'm so grateful that you accept me today I am your child and you are my father yes I belong to you hallelujah father yeah so good and then the last thing I'd love you to do mr. but we would you just pray uh, just a commissioning over us as a community, as a body, as a people, and just release some of the, the courage and the passion that yeah. God has given you um, to us today. Yeah. We appreciate uh, it's that. It's my honor. Uh, Father God, thank you for your grace that makes us strong, makes us bold. Thank you for your grace that trans transforms us from a weak person to a strong person, Lord. Thank you for your grace that makes us the children of God. We need your grace. Without your grace, we can't make it, Lord. It doesn't matter if, we, if you feel unworthy right now. You say, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not the one uh, that God cares about. 
doesn't matter how small you think you are. It doesn't matter how weak you are. It doesn't matter that what you're going through. It might be depression, it might be some conflict in your family members. Uh, it might be some, some stuff that uh, is, is not good and you think it brings some sense of shame and guilt on you. Jesus experienced the darkness when he, he died on the cross. He experienced temptations. He went through suffering and he can understand us. And he's present in all, all of this. And he wants to shine his light in any darkness. And he wants to bring his mercy and his new life and new start for each one of us. And we proclaim that in Jesus' name today, it happens for his glory that all the lips worship him and praises him and uh, all of us come together and give this testimony to Jesus and all of us come together with our uh, testimonies and with what we receive by God and his grace to give others, to be the light for this city, for this town, for this country in Jesus' name. And we know the smallest act of us in God has the greatest result for his kingdom in Jesus' name. We, we are the light of God and we know when we shine, when we do such a small things in his kingdom, it will produce the salvations of people's lives. And we believe in that. And we are honored, God, to be a part of that. And thank you so much for this amazing church uh, uh, Vineyard Church, uh, we 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 so grateful for that, for the blessings you pour out in this church. This church that is like a light in this city, is like the house on the hill shining, and uh, have an amazing impact in the society for Jesus' glory. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. 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 Oh, wow. Liz and Charlotte's going to come. They're going to just close our service. We, we have run over a little bit time-wise today. We've told our kids team we were going to be late, so don't worry. They're still looking after your kids. Um, but just as Liz and Charlotte come, can we uh, just thank Mushtaba just for coming and being with us today? Mushtaba, thank you. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.